apparently the reason why allergies are so bad in the U.S. is because of tree sexism. So you know how like female trees have fruit and they like it makes a big mess. So yes. like at the turn of the century, the USDA was like, we recommend only planting male trees for aesthetic purposes so you don't have to clean the roads. So they planted all these male trees that basically just pollen is like tree sperm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Think about that next time you're sneezing. Misogyny. Um, Ruins everything. You know, anyways, tree sexism is why we have bad allergies. <laughs> on Great. that note. Thanks, tree sexism. <laughs> but it ties in. Like, does it? Because <laughs> in the like way to strive to be perfect, right? To have like perfectly clean streets, they said pick male trees so the the female trees aren't dropping all their oh, stuff everywhere. Wow. Brilliant! Wow. So many snaps, resident. <laughs> we are able to be us on the spot. All right. <laughs> um, but for today's episode, we're going to be talking about professionalism. And here in the virtual studio, we have Ha, Margo, Lena, and Lean. One thing we wanted to talk about today was how perfectionism or the thought of needing to be perfect constantly um, really affects us and how we pursue medicine and how we study for medicine and how we are eventually becoming healthcare providers or are healthcare providers at this point. I think a lot of people that go through med- the medical field can definitely relate to this in one way or another. Whether you consider yourself a perfectionist or not, I really do feel like the environment pushes us to be perfect. Um, and we're always comparing ourselves to those who are perfect, per se, in our eyes when it comes to medicine or it comes to the standards of what perfect is in medicine. Um, even though we are all very aware that there's no such thing as anything being perfect. I would love to like hear about some of your thoughts because for me, I felt like I always identified as being a perfectionist for like as long as I could remember as a kid, like even in elementary school, it was like you needed to get a hundred percent on all of your tests. You always had to be perfect for me. Like growing up, I had to be the perfect, like Asian child at home and like whatever like connotation that meant. I had to be the perfect student. And so for me, perfectionism has just been ingrained into my sense of self and my soul in a way I might as well just get it tattooed on my forehead at this point. And I was just curious about you all, like when did you start feeling like that you identified as a perfectionist or that was something that like you kind of carried around with you? Yeah, I relate. I feel like growing up and maybe part of, I don't know, Middle Eastern household, it was like if I went to my parents with a 98 on a test, it was like, well, who got 100? Why didn't you get 100? You know, why didn't you study those last two points? And I feel like it was so ingrained like, oh, you have to be the number one. You have to be the top student. You have to like make sure that it's like a hundreds on everything. And I not necessarily like recognized it as perfectionism, but I know that I would get so upset if I was anything less than basically perfect. And it was just going through all of like my primary education and then going into college, I started like not even like lesser grades. And it was like, oh no, I am a failure. And it's just like goes from like one extreme to the other. Like I am a failure if I'm not getting like these perfect scores. And it's always been what my like mind and what I'm so used to doing. And it started out really, really young for sure. No, I can definitely relate to that, Nina, especially in the sense that for Middle Eastern family, I remember being told, at least in middle school, it was very prominent in middle school, you know, what did the other person get? What did the other person get? And, you know, and I really struggled, honestly, with the fact that I always 
compared myself to other people because of this notion. And then when you get to a kind of an environment where there's so many smart people, so many people who are really good at test taking, like medical school, and suddenly you're not able to compete to that degree anymore, I really could feel that huge self-esteem kind of get bashed in a sense. Um, and of course, we've talked before about imposter syndrome and things like that. And I think a lot of that stems from that perspective. But then I would also say a lot of the perfectionism comes from a cultural standard. And I know, at least coming from my Palestinian background, it was, you know, when you were a kid being told, are you going to be a doctor? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. Later on, I'm glad that I found my own passions in medicine to drive me towards it. I don't think I would do anything else. But I remember, you know, it's you're going to be a doctor and you're going to get the highest grades and then you're going to get married at this age and then you're going to be a mom and then you're going to be the perfect female in an educated version of a Palestinian family we can find, you know, and when things Things like that don't go because naturally you cannot control all those things. You start to feel like, man, like I am so far from being perfect. And now you start feeling imposter and you start feeling regrets and you start thinking, did something go wrong? And then naturally, as you start growing up and you start disagreeing with some of the thoughts that your family portrays for no reason other than, you know, you just have different opinions and that's totally fine. But then you start thinking, man, like the, was the whole world like growing up was just like some sort of like facade. <laughs> I resonate with, you know, obviously I don't have the same intersections or lived experience as a, as a lot of you are talking about, but I, what resonates with me is this drive to be perfect in school to get good grades. And when I read the outline for this episode, the first thing that came to mind for me was in eighth grade, I was striving to be so perfect, but I couldn't achieve that in getting like a hundred percent on tests and grades. So I ended up really perfecting my handwriting to the point where like I would only use pencil and I'd like erase and erase and like the paper would tear and I would spend hours handwriting like my math homework, my English homework, everything in what I would think of perfect handwriting. And this was like reinforced because my teachers would comment like, oh, what beautiful handwriting or like all my classmates would be like, oh my God, I love your handwriting. And so it was like a way that I could find validation in, in this like drive to be perfect with not achieving the things that I felt like my parents wanted me to be perfect in or anything like that. But I did definitely had a lot of these what I look back on as like compulsions or neuroses in this like drive to be perfect that definitely have popped up at various points in my life. I like how you point out that, you know, you seeked validation through perfectionism. There's definitely something we all seeked to gain through these feelings, I guess, in a sense. Perfectionism for me was almost taught as a sense of safety, per se, and not just safety in the sense like, you know, you're going to be successful, but more so if you're successful and you're the top person, you'll never not be wanted in a job. You'll never be stranded searching for like a future that can sustain you. And so I think a lot of that from an immigrant standpoint is that perfectionism is what's safe for us. Perfectionism keeps us valid within the society and gives us hope for a future. Yeah. And Lena, it's like when you said that, it made me think about when I was younger, it was really funny because my mom would sit down and she would have these conversations with me where she reminded me, she's like, you know, you are an Asian American and you're a woman. And in this society, if you want to even get half to where like everyone else, like the white American or like the male gets to, you have to be 
two times or three times better to even get halfway there. And people are always going to like look for like ways to bring you down. So you have to be like completely perfect. You can't give room for people to judge you. You can't give room for people to see your mistakes. And that perfectionism doesn't just like come into like academic achievement and also came into like who I had to be as a person. Like I had to be agreeable. I had to be friendly. I couldn't show like negative emotions. Like for instance, a lot of other people could be angry, but I couldn't be seen as an angry person. I couldn't ever show any vulnerability or any moment where I was annoyed or not the calmest, like most perfect individual, like completely blank slate, nothing for people to criticize about. And I think it's kind of drawn into how I feel like even to this day, I get really uncomfortable when I make someone a bit uncomfortable or when I go like, oh, did I sound maybe a bit more harsh than I planned to? Because I just get really, really scared that this means that I won't have like the stability that I've been trying to like work so hard to get to for my family as like a child of immigrants. You know, it's crazy how that mentality tends to change or, you know, we carry it with us through every phase of what we go through in medicine. Right. So I think, you know, where you're saying, like, you have to be charming and you have to please people's like emotions and things like that. And I started remembering, like, that was the biggest struggle for me. I think one being an introvert, being super anxious. I was like, how do I make people feel comfortable, like me, laugh at the things I say, wanting to be part of my conversation, right? And I really struggled with that in undergrad so much. So I had the biggest anxiety ever. Like I just was so scared to even talk to professors during office hours or talk to the TAs. It was awful. And so I always tell people, I feel like the person I am today is very much different than the person I was maybe five years ago. It wasn't medical school per se that did this. If anything, it was my friend group. I think as we started having these conversations, I started realizing, one, I'm not alone in this. Two, it stems from such a very similar kind of root in the sense of whether it's to be perfectionist in order to succeed, to survive. It comes from the immigrant mentality. It comes from wanting to be comparable to other people just to pursue your dreams, right? But it, there's still always that root within you that you're like, man, I'm just not as perfect as the other ones. This is going to hurt my future because I'm not comparable in terms of like personality and things like that to others. Yeah. Well, I feel to what you're saying, Lean. Yes, you're more aware of kind of this structure that, oh, I don't need to be perfect in necessarily all the time and like how I speak or how I interact with people or even just kind of my work. But for the longest time ever, at least for me, it is kind of what kept me in a sense, safe. It is what made me succeed. It is what got me to a certain place. And I feel like that pressure up to a point, like it stuck with me for so long that it's so hard to shake that off, you know? And so, oh, like it worked for me at one point and it got me here. So I probably need to be the way I am, or I probably need to keep that going, right? Whether it's for acceptance from people or getting into like medical school, getting into like, you know, residency and all that. It's like, it stuck with me for so long that it's hard to shake that off, even though I can see and I've seen just having conversations with y'all, like how the other side of it, the imposter syndrome, the feeling of failure constantly when things are just not perfect, right? And so it's very hard to shake that off. Even going into residency right now, I'm like, oh, I need to be perfect at this or this or that. You know, it's a struggle. It's definitely a mental struggle. 
And I think that's such an important point to touch on is recognizing how perfectionism had served us or what part role it took in our identities leading up to medical school and then like in how it shows up in our practice in medicine. Um, so what Lean, you were saying and Lena, you just mentioned is when we do clerkships as third years, when I talk to students, this feeling that like, if you don't know the answer, you're supposed to start on day one knowing everything. I wonder like where this stems from and like how that impedes our ability to learn. Because when I interact with students or even like think back on myself of like, showing up on day one rather than with like a growth mindset and opening myself up to being like, Hey, I have a lot to learn here. Instead, I have this conversation in my head of like, Oh, I need to know all of this. And I need to present myself as knowing all of this if I don't know it and how much mental energy is spent on that side rather than being like, Hey, I don't know this. Can you teach me? And I just feel like if we all shifted, like what you were saying, Lean, how now you, how you interact with students is like, if we just all shifted our perspective to being like, no one's perfect and you're day one, what do you want to learn? Let's open the books. Like, I don't expect you to know everything because you're here to learn, right? Like, I think that aspect of being in school has changed so much from we're here to learn and you go to school to learn a skill set to we should know everything when we're showing up. So I'm just curious how that shows up for you guys, how you've navigated that. I've taken like a total black and white approach where now I just don't give a, you know, and I'm like, I'm here to learn and I have a growth mindset and I'm not perfect. And I kind of have to like affirm that for myself every day, but it's not easy. And and I really struggle with helping other people, especially like med students see that. Yeah. Knowing from experience, Margo, like I feel like I've survived a lot of that struggle and pressure on myself just talking to you guys and coming to you I'm like, oh my God, I messed up on this. And I feel like Lean, Margo, or RG, you've always been like, you're a student, you're learning and that's okay. Right. And just having that mindset, having that someone like in your position as like resident. And I've worked with you, Margo, too, like in clinic, just having like, you're a student, you're learning, you're growing. This is why you're here definitely has helped me take a step back and at least take some of that pressure off of myself. And yeah, it's a work in progress. But that reminding myself that giving myself that grace has definitely helped me kind of reposition myself like where my thoughts are with that. And I think it's a lot of having to like be a bit more like, you know, like thinking about in a more like system space level, because I also feel like it's really like nice getting affirmation from like people who like, as Lena said, from Yuline, Margot and Harjeet about it. But it's also it was really helpful for me when I also got it from the residents that I were working with when they reminded me, okay, you are here to learn. It's okay that you make mistakes or like that they're honest, that they're there to learn too, and that they're making mistakes. Mistakes and they're trying to figure things out. And when I had that degree of vulnerability, like when people agreed to all like shed away perfectionism and agree that we're all messy and we're all trying to grow and it's completely okay. And we're working together as a team and a community to grow together. I felt more inclined to be willing to open up. And like I even thought about it, like attendings. I had one attending when I was on Advance IM recently. He walked in and he told us like on his expectation spreadsheet, he's like, I prefer students who tell me that they don't know. I don't want them to fake it. And that changed the my mindset with working with him so much that I was willing to ask questions. I was willing to push. I was willing to like take risks and make mistakes um, in a very like well like 
careful like setting that was like really monitored for like patient care. Right. And I felt that I came out of the experience like enjoying the team a lot more. And it was just because it was scheduled all throughout within like the resident attending and everyone level that this was a place for us to grow. It wasn't a place for us to be perfect. How what I just heard you say is that that attending by saying that or the residents you had worked with set up this space of like psychological safety. And so you could then feel safe to learn and make mistakes and not fall into these perfectionist tendencies. And I think in medicine, that's so important because there is a lot of risk in making mistakes. We're working with people's lives and we're making orders and things that if a mistake could very well be very bad for a patient and that responsibility weighs so heavily. And I think that's one of the reasons why perfectionism really flows in medicine or is, again, validated because when you don't make mistakes, your patients are happy and healthy and alive, right? But what you also highlighted on has that we as humans, they're inevitably going to be mistakes. Medicine is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And when your team is functioning together, you feel safe and everyone can make a mistake, but you have your team to support you before those mistakes can get to the patient. And also, I think it's important to acknowledge like we need to like also live with that reality too. It's so important that we change our team mindset. So when whether you're a resident working with med students or an attending, like just even a simple phrase, like you said, how like I would prefer you to say, I don't know, can make such a big difference. And I think that's so important. I think also one thing that we tend to fail to recognize is that, you know, like stereotypically, I think people assume that, oh, doctors are perfectionist and maybe they come in with the mindset that, you know, treatment's going to be perfect. Identifying a diagnosis is going to be perfect. And sometimes we put that pressure on ourselves as well, right? We're like, oh man, like it's all about the patient and they're not, you know, they're going to think I'm not a credible doctor if I don't come up with everything perfectly and manage things perfectly, right? And I think beginning of residency, that felt a lot more of that pressure. I think I started encountering interactions where if I don't actually know the answer and I'm just very clear with that with my patient, you know, for instance, I work in the emergency room. Patients come to the emergency room with complex, you know, problems expecting to find an answer within eight hours, right? I tell them, I say, hey, you know, I do think there's something going on and we might not be able to find it today, but I want you to keep going to, you know, XYZ physicians or even if I just flat out tell them, you know, I don't know what's going on with you today. Um, I do want you to keep following up with your providers. I've actually had patients be like, thank you for not like lying to us and just coming up with something. We have that innate feeling of just wanting to come up with something, give them an answer, be perfect about it, you know, come up with a diagnosis. And I think that's something medical school tends to fail to recognize. And by stimulating this environment of always being perfect, coming to know everything, you know, arriving on day one, being like the best, you forget that, you know, patients and people are not perfect and neither is medicine. And you forget to teach them how to deal with those scenarios, which is, I'm going to tell you, like really frequently, you know, we actually, we do not know what's going on with you. Yeah, Lean, I really love what you just said. And as someone who's like entering residency soon, I feel really comforted hearing about how when you're honest with your patients about the situation that it actually builds a stronger relationship between you and your patients. I think that gives me a lot of comfort. And I think ultimately it helps us really realize that at the end of the day, vulnerability actually builds stronger relationships, um, whether it's within the team or with your patients, then always maintaining a facade because maintaining a facade is when we really lose 
ourselves and when we aren't really able to be honest, to be raw and to be real. And that takes us away from what makes medicine really powerful. And it's the human connection. So this has been a really incredible conversation in perfectionism. And I'm really glad that we were able to have it. I think it's such an important conversation to have and something to keep reflecting on about. I know we have so much to say. We can definitely do a part two on this. <laughs> we got some more ideas. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Chloe's going to beat me. Um, <laughs> Good thing you're in New Jersey. <laughs> Chloe, Chloe, I she didn't she shot down all my ideas. Let me just put this out there. She's like, how does this tie with identity? I was like, it doesn't. Anyway, side note. All right, okay. I love you all. This has been a great episode. Wonderful. Thank you for coming to Bundle of Hers. This is relevant because interns are starting in two months, three months. So these are important facts to take away and as med students to start thinking of setting those roots. But anyways, thank you for listening to Bundle of Hers. You can reach out on Instagram at Bundle of Hers to share your story and earn a pin, Power from Identity. It looks great on your lanyard. Um, you know, spark conversation. And otherwise, get us where you get all your podcasts. Bye. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.